Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Roundtable. I'm your host, Anthony Brinson, and I'm joined by... Deshaun Johnson. Thomas Cobb. And we're back, week two. Hopefully, y'all not tired of us yet since we just started. And we do have a lot to talk about, and just to get it right out the way, we are going to discuss the things that have been, the news that's been dropped about Mel Tucker, but we're going to try and keep it more towards the sports side since we don't want to just keep talking about this situation over and over again. I know Deshaun's going to talk about some other resources the state news has for like the details of this story, but we're going to just try and keep it sports and try and keep it lighthearted after we talk about this. But I'll let you take over, Deshaun. I know you noted a lot of things about it. Yeah, so I mean, we like I said, or like you said, Anthony, I think that we should definitely just focus on the sports angle of this. We can obviously like talk about some of the facts that we are aware of. Um, Tucker was suspended without pay on Sunday, admitting allegations of sexual harassment towards a rape survivor and advocate, Brenda Tracy, who has been working with the team for the last couple of years. Um, I think that we are currently kind of in a standstill as far as what's going to happen next until we kind of have the official hearing on October 5th. So as of right now, I would kind of like to just focus on the sports aspect, what this does to the football team, and kind of how this affects MSU sports program overall. Um, I think that... Um, first of all, there's, I, I think the football team is kind of in a rough spot right now just because we've had a couple up and down years the last couple of years as a football team, but I think that um, just being a part of football teams in high school, you really have to buy into your programs and to your, what your coaches are saying, and like you have to really be committed to really be in like a real team. And we had, you know, we're having a good start this year, you know, and so I'm sure that that only adds more to the buy-in of the football players and then everything just is shut down immediately like i mean like we have a whole season ahead of us and these guys can't even give everything to the game because everything around the game right now is pure drama in the beginning of the year so i just i can't even begin to imagine what's going on with the football team i'm sure that they have a lot of questions as far as what's going on with our faculty members and if we knew about this for since december of 2022 maybe why haven't we made moves on this earlier because in consideration of the football team we know that something's gonna happen once a report like this is made. A, a, an investigation has started. We know that something's gonna happen with Tucker either way. So I just think that maybe we try and already start making some moves as far as what's gonna happen. I understand trying to keep things like away from the media and things like that, but the, the football team is now with, we of course have a new head coach, but that's gonna take some time to just change. Like, I mean, like, I love Burnett, I love D'Antonio, but I just, I think that it's even hard to make that shift in focus right now. It's just, you know, it's, it's gonna be very difficult, I think, for the football team. but. I do think that um, the you know the the moves that we're making is definitely going to help them out, and I haven't lost all hope. I just I'm I'm sure that this is going to create some some big mountains for the football team to overcome for sure. Yeah, I mean you think about how hard this news hit us. Think about the players right. and the players' families and how that impacted them. You know, getting that information and that news in the middle of the night. I mean, I don't know if you guys were up for it. I was up for it mm-hmm. at twelve thirty a.m. Yep, reading it's the news good. and. If I think it makes me sad, I can't imagine what it would be like for a player. Right. I mean, yeah. They're off to a 2-0 and start. Things are looking up from last year. They have talent defensively. They have depth defensively, something that was missing the last two years. Yeah. And bombshell. All of a sudden, a bombshell. Kenny Jacoby from USA Today drops the report, and all of a sudden, everything's a question mark. Exactly. I think that a lot of Spartan fans are excited about Harlan Barnett. And especially Mark D'Antonio, but I think what 100%. they don't understand is that this is a, a very temporary thing. Mark D'Antonio will most likely not be back in Michigan State next year. No. This is mostly just an interim measure. They need someone who has experience, who has leadership. 
And Harlan Barnett has all of that. I mean, you see, he was a he was a defensive backs coach at Michigan State uh, for ten years, two thousand seven through twenty seventeen. He was a defensive back for Michigan State back in the eighties. Won a Rose Bowl, was an All American and senior captain. Went to Florida State for 2018, 2019, was their defensive coordinator. And I think that that was kind of the idea that this was going to be a guy who was going to take over Fort D'Antonio. And it just didn't really work out at Florida State. They had some losing seasons. He ends up coming back to MSU in 2020 to be the secondary coach again under Tucker. And I think it was a great decision by Alan Howler to promote him. I think a lot of people were thinking Scotty Hazleton, Jay Johnson, what's going to happen, who's going to be the new acting head coach. And Harlan Barnett, I think, was on nobody's radar, but he should have been. I mean, this is a guy that he referred to himself as a Spartan through and through in his press conference and just a very stand-up, genuine guy. And I think the players can rally rally around that. And I heard that the players were also very fired up to hear about D'Antonio. Definitely. And that's just kind of looking at the bright side of things. Obviously, everything is a question mark, like I, like I let off with. But this could go one of two ways. MSU could rebound from this and all of a sudden start to you know put put together the pieces that that fell apart or things could just go downhill and we lose half the team. I think we're about to find out just how just how brutal the transfer portal can be to a team that's looking for a new coach. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate to have this come after the year Michigan State had last year, obviously the tragedy that happened on February 13th. And it's just, we go from that and we as a community rally past that and then we get to football season where everybody waits for and then news like this drops. I just hope that the energy isn't sucked away from the community because like I was talking to y'all about last week, just seeing how everybody comes together for football games is really, really dope. And I wouldn't want that to be lost, even if, people are still in the arenas. I still want everybody to like feel that energy of like, we're gonna succeed. And then like you mentioned, we're starting off two and no, and then we have this game against Washington coming up. And if we win that, that's gonna be huge. Cause if I'm not mistaken, Washington is ranked, right? Ranked number eight in the country. So yep. if we can get that, then that'll propel us to a point where we're in excellence. And it'll be impressive if they can pull that off with everything of um, about this going on in the background, but it's just a lot, so. You wanted to. Yeah, and I just want to add two things about that really quickly. Obviously, um, I'm going to wait to talk about most of the Washington stuff till we move on from that, but I just think that I, I hope that the MSU Spartans, obviously we have another home game this weekend. I think that we're still going to come out and we're going to be there for our family regardless. I think this is a time that we need to be, so I definitely think that the Spartans are going to show out this Saturday. And I would also just like to mention that, you know, for anybody that is looking for any more details as far as the Tucker case, the State News has done an awesome job in all different angles of coverage, you know, from the sports desk to just the MSU news desk in general. So if you guys are wanting to check that out, just head to thestatenews.com, and there's all types of details that you guys can find there. Definitely. I appreciate you for adding that point because we don't want to make it as though, like, we're not taking it seriously. We just we want to balance how we talk about this situation at the Sports Roundtable. But if you guys come to moving on, we can transition to the Washington game since I brought it up. Is that good with y'all? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Okay, so this week we still in MSU. We still got our home games going against Washington, number eight in the country. Do you guys have any intel on Washington on, like, why they're number eight or, like, do we got a chance realistically? Yeah, so it's all about the quarterback. Michael yes. Penix, uh, lefty sensation, southpaw, was from Indiana originally, gave Michigan State some fits in the COVID year, and he's just an, a great thrower of the football. 100%. Last year, he, I think it's 
not an understatement to say he or an overstatement to say that he destroyed that Michigan State passing attack. Yes. This is the best passing attack MSU will face all year, with the possible ex- exception of Ohio State if their quarterback kicks it up. But we're talking about Washington here. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Definitely. He's look, being looked at as a first, second-round draft pick right now. And I think that that is a problem for Michigan State because they may have talent, more talent and depth in the defensive backfield than they had last year, but it's not proven. Mm-hmm. They've played Central Michigan and Richmond. So that is not steep enough competition to be able to indicate whether or not they're ready for this type of challenge. Mm-hmm. I think MSU fans have to be realistic. I mean, it's going to be a harder game to win with everything that's happened. It's not going to be an easier game to win. You talked about not losing any of the energy. I actually think that there will be more energy. Mm. From what I've seen on social media, tens of thousands of Spartans are descending on campus. This was originally planned to be the reunion game for the 2013 Rose Bowl team even before all this came out. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was already in place. A lot of alum were going to come back for this game. It was going to be a great game. And I think that the energy in the building will be phenomenal. It's the first game that alcohol sales are allowed. Yeah, Hmm. That's going to play a a, a factor, obviously. Definitely, it will. That'll play a factor. But from what I've seen on social media, it seems like MSU fans are all in on rallying around the players because they understand what they're going through. And just how just how brutal this whole thing is for guys who have now lost the the figure that brought them to the school. I mean, yeah. recruiting in college sports is everything. It is. And the way that MSU plays, not just the Washington game, but the rest of the season, will be a huge, huge factor in our recruiting. And if we just sort of roll over, good things aren't going to happen. Very bad things will, will ensue. We'll lose a lot of guys. And... Like I said, I think we're we're gonna find out just how brutal the transfer portal can be right. to a team who's looking for a head coach. Yeah, no, I mean I, I totally agree with you in multiple different aspects. I, I think that this is definitely gonna be our first real test as to what this season can truly look like for the Spartans, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, we had we've had a great start, but it is CMU and Richmond, you know, not two of the biggest testers of what we have to show. Not whatsoever. So I, I, I would like to say that I obviously Michael Penix, I mean he, he he's just a phenomenal talent, you know. Uh, I, I don't. I, I think that the only major um, kind of factor that we have on our side is that Washington has struggled somewhat on beating teams closer to the East Coast. Um, on the West Coast, they've been dominating. You know, they dominated us last year, but that was on the West Coast. So I may be hoping. You know, it's it's going to be a huge home game. I I, I I hope and agree with you, Thomas, that Spartans really do show out this weekend because if that's the case, then that's just going to add more to what we already have going for us. You know. I mean, going off what you said last year, and you know, you you mentioned the shooting, and we all came back together. And I, although that was an unfortunate, um, you know, an unfortunate thing to happen to all of us, I think that it grouped us all together stronger. And obviously, this isn't exactly the same situation, but it's another scenario where we have the chance to come together as a community and and, and just like and strut our colors for a minute here. You know what I'm saying? I, I really think that Washington is going to be a tough opponent. Like I mean, like as far as what MSU has going for it, we Noah Kim has gotten more comfortable with his offense. I was playing against Richmond last week. He had a lot of opportunity to get a lot more comfortable, and I, I think all that is great and well. But I, I like you said, Thomas, we got to be realistic, and I just I don't know. In comparison to the first two games, how easy of a game this is going to be? Like this is going to be a real challenge without all the adversity coming from the outside. So, um, 
Maybe we'll do score predictions later, but I mean, I, I hope MSU can come out with this one. I'm rooting for the guys definitely through this week, but we, we definitely got to make sure we're ready. Yeah, if, like if the odds weren't stacked against us before, they're definitely stacked now. But like you both mentioned, we're used to these type of comebacks and we're used to rallying the troops and getting everything ready for this type of game. So I know you guys mentioned score predictions. If you guys have any score ranges, I know Deshaun, we go mention how you on a 1-0 streak right now as far as predictions. <laughs> so you want to throw something out there? Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go with my heart here. And I, I, I think that, like I said, tomorrow I'm hoping for a lot of energy. Um, I'm not thinking it's going to be the highest scoring game. I'm looking maybe like 24-20, something of that outcome. And I think MSU could pull away with a, uh, I'm a pretty good win here. Um, I, if if we're going to give any like leeway to Washington, I just think that it's 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 it wouldn't be as close to the other side. I, I believe I, I think that if we're going to lose, it's going to be something with us as far as confidence and stuff, and the game could slip away from us. But if we hold on to things, I really think that it could be another dominant win for us and really show who we are. So twenty four and twenty, I'm feeling confident with that. Okay, Tom. I mean, it's no secret Washington has the better football team. Yes, it was that case before the, the week, before the season, in future weeks. They brought back three or four really quick twitch receivers. Jalen McMillan sort of leads that group. He's going to be a, a problem for the MSU secondary that yeah. still hasn't faced that marquee guy yet right. on the outside. And I think that Washington is able to score at will on Michigan State, just like they did last year. I think their offense is elite enough. I think MSU's defense is inexperienced enough. Agreed. But I think that MSU has promise of an elite passing attack. I mean, we've seen that in the first few games. It's 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 not late enough. These guys aren't developed enough for right. it to be in full fledged against Washington. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to win in a shootout. Right. The only way I see us coming out with a win is if we somehow you know are able to put together a masterful defensive performance. Yeah. And I think the key to doing that is to play quarters the entire game. Mm-hmm. Don't let the big plays happen. Do not let the receivers get behind you. If, even if they're getting six, seven yards of completion, keep everything in front of you. Don't let them you be able to use their speed and quickness right. on the edge. But I don't think MSU is able to to really fight with Washington. I got Washington 41 to 17. Really? <sighs> That's going to be brutal. Really? I feel like y'all predictions, whichever one is true to being or closer to being right, that'll show the energy of the MSU football community right now. Are we going to be able to rally against the troops and pull off – it seems like an upset with Washington being number eight in the country, or are we going to see the unfortunate results of everything that could be going on with this week? But and just to be clear, I don't think Michigan State fans will be upset with that outcome. Really? Because they understand the ramifications of the situation, mm-hmm. and hopefully it's not as bad as I, as I predict. But Washington is a superior football team, but there, there there's not going to be any boos. There's not going to be any hatred shown toward the team, no, no matter what happens, yeah. because of – the Spartan community has is doing has so far shown everything that they had these players back. Yeah, yeah. So, like y'all both mentioned, regardless of the result, I do think we're gonna walk away with our heads high, especially if we win. Oh, yeah. Obviously, and especially if we keep it close or find some type of green light or positive way to look at this. But I mentioned earlier about Deshaun being one to know with weak predictions, and the Lions pulled it off. Hey, you saw it before we did, and it was a very interesting way the Chiefs lost with a lot of unfortunate drops, but I'll let you take the floor from here, Deshaun. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to start this off by just saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come at you guys or anything <laughs> like that. I'm not going to blow or hit you with any, I told you so. I just want to say, 
the Lions ain't the same old Lions no more, man. And I mean, I think I like I I just I also want to start with I, I don't want to even go there with any of the asterisk talk or any of the the Casey wasn't healthy in football. Getting to the playoffs has nothing to do with who played in that game. It is strictly about you adding another tally to the win column. And Especially exactly, in the NFL. Exa- professional football is all about getting to the playoffs. And you don't – it has nothing to do with who's playing. Because football, professional football, someone's always hurt. So that justifies a million and one other losses during the regular season if we go that route. So I don't even want to go there. I think that the Lions truly showed – I mean, they, they completed a great feat this past Thursday, regardless of what happens. So I, I just thought overall we had a great game. Uh, I want to start by saying that I, I, I loved what our secondary did. I, I will acknowledge just now that there were definitely a couple offensive plays for the Kansas City Chiefs that scared the life out of me. Like, we left some players wide open, and especially in fourth down situations. And you know, We know the Chiefs are a risky team. It ended up working out in our favor, so I'm not going to go on that tangent. But I think the secondary definitely showed that we have made some improvements within these last couple of years. That's been one of our issues as far as, like, trying to keep up with some of the elite receivers we have in the league this or these past couple of years. I also thought that our front line on both sides of the ball was dominant. Like, I mean, uh, as far as our offensive line, we gave Jared Goff great pocket time. And we know at, at Jared Goff is a pure pocket passer. And if right. you give him time, he's dangerous. You know what I mean? I know there's been a lot of different things to say about Goff in these past couple of years, but he took a team to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that Jared Goff is just like someone that we should just be taking lightly, especially if the Lions are able to provide him the assistance that he needs on the front line. Um, I also thought that obviously Chris Jones wasn't there. That's I think that Kansas City missed Chris Jones just the most. Like I mean, like we were able to really like flex our muscles a little bit and show that without without him being able to like be a big sack sack guy and not be they only what, Kansas City only had one sack I know Detroit didn't have any but Kansas City only had one they were they rarely had pressure yeah and it just I mean from from all angles it seems like we were able to take care of the line take care of golf I thought that that was great I know some people are mad about Jameer Gibbs not getting many touch touches but I think that is just going to be a part of the process overall I thought the Lions looked really good and I am very very happy with our win and I'm super excited for Sunday yeah, Gibbs needs more touches for my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> no, all joking aside, the Lions definitely earned the win. Scored when it mattered, that big touchdown late. I didn't think they were going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. But I will say, I think the Chiefs lost themselves the game. 100%. Uh, crucial drop passes. We don't even need to get into that. <laughs> Everybody's seen Kadarius Tony. Yeah. All over social media. Whatever. Yeah. The guy dropped how many? Four, five passes. One of them one, went for a pick six. Yeah. And one of them one catch for one yard. I and mean. one of them effectively lost the game. Yes. But I all credit to the Lions. Their okay. defense stepped up when it mattered. Offense definitely stepped up when yes. it mattered. Yes. That that fourth quarter drive was was when I realized this isn't the same old Lions. No, yeah, I mean fourth quarter drive we had the ball for over nine and a half right. minutes. You know, we were we showed Right. And the game doesn't have an asterisk by it unless somebody says it has an asterisk by it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be a perfect transition into our next topic. But And there's obviously been a lot of criticism for what Mike Tirico said. And, you know, I'm kind of with it. I mean, it's, it's week one, acting as if injuries aren't a thing in the NFL. Like yeah. You might as well just say that every game about a team, especially as we get into the, the dog days of the season. Like there's, there's guys out each side every game no matter the game. Mm-hmm. And so you might as well just say that every game. If you're going to say that about this week one game, I don't th- necessarily think he meant it in the way that he said it. Mm-hmm. I think if he could take it back, he would. Um, but overall, like announcers should not be saying that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I agree as far as, like, Tariko's comment went. I know we have another one to talk about, but I just... In, in the very first game of the year, the Lions upset the Chiefs, and at this point, everyone realizes that. And Tariko just happens to let her comment that I, I'm sure he knows maybe wasn't the best at the time, you know? And it's totally unjustified. Like, as you said, Tom, I mean, like, like if you're going to start hitting me with... Oh, this guy was missing, and this guy was missing in the mo- in a collision sport where people get hurt every single week. There is so many different wins and losses that you can either validate or invalidate just by saying that. So I just thought that it was kind of ridiculous. And, you know, like it's week one, and I understand that also. Like the Chiefs, they're the world champions, and and they earn that. So you know, I understand. Like people are trying to say that, like the Chiefs just aren't going to fall off, and I totally agree with that. I think you know, obviously they were missing two players, and that's fine, but. We can't take anything from the Lions in this case. I mean, like, it, 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 it's a huge feat. It, it's absolutely because it's not just them beating the Chiefs. It's what they were able to do to uh, defensively for the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. You know, we talked about it last week. He threw an interception on opening night. When have we seen that? I might have to say that before every single Broncos game. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, so like, I mean, you know, I, I, Patrick Mahomes had one of his lower passer ratings that he's had of his career in this game as well. So it's just. It, this is a huge accomplishment for a team that obviously has been through some rough things, and you just you just tear them down when you, you try and invalidate their win. But the great thing I know about it is that the Lions aren't hearing it either. I, we just know they are. You know, I, 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 CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, Ben, uh, Dan Campbell. I, we know that they're not really listening to it anyway. So I'm, I don't really want to spend too much like 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 energy on it. But I will say that I think the comments are just unjustified, and I don't think that's what we should be doing in TV. Yeah, to give our listeners some context, what comments or, I guess, asterisks are you guys referring to? I guess one of y'all, since we got two, you can probably take this one, Tyler. So, after the Lions-Chiefs game, the Lions had just won by a point, came down to the wire. They were missing not just their starting tight end, but arguably the best weapon in the entire league. And they were missing their best interior defensive linemen. So it was a lot easier for the Lions to move the pile get four or five yards of carry basically at will and after the game you know as players were shaking hands Mike Tirico he wanted to give credit to the Lions and then he said something along the lines of you know there's an asterisk by it but and to me that was just of course it happened to the Lions like the Lions finally win something and they're already getting torn down and so that's what a lot of people are are unhappy about is it was just an uncalled for comment. I'm sure he didn't mean it in the way he did, like I said, but it was just not needed whatsoever. And it, it mm-hmm. I think it made a lot of Lions fans mad. Definitely understandable. And then there was another comment that y'all were telling me about as well. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have the. I don't have the name of the guy that came and made this comment. But it was after the Jets and Bills game. Um, I don't know how many of you guys got to check that game out. But uh, I mean, overall, that game was just wild. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth later. But um, towards the end of the game, it goes into overtime, and the Jets are able to. It was an interception. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? It was an interception that they took back. No, you talking about for the game when they touched down? Yes. I think it was a punt return. Actually. Yes, that's exactly punt what return, it was. Yeah. It was a punt return, and I mean, like it. Uh, so many things happened in that play at once. Just from the, I, I don't even remember the, the name of the returner either, but I know that he made some great moves, and he started his drive. He started driving up to the right side of the field. He makes a great cutback, and there's just nobody, nobody playing him on the left side of the, on the field for the defense at all. And I know somebody comes, and there's just there's a block that's made that it's the key block of the play, and mm-hmm. it's the only reason that the field's open enough for this touchdown to be made. 
and the the ref is standing right in front of it and there's no call to be made the the play is dead and over with and they bring in a rules expert that basically John says Perry. John Perry and he comes in and he says well guys this entire play should have been called back like I mean like he tries to congratulate the Jets and then just like Tariqo walks it all back by saying but there was a wide open call that should have been made and it was just so funny to me because I thought that I mean literally on the call we heard um Troy and Joe both talking about what a great block was made for this play. And, like, I mean, for a whole two minutes, they were talking about it, and then immediately they both tried to walk it back with, with John Perry and was just like, oh, yeah, a, a, a tripping call. And I seen the replay, you know. It was it, it was maybe a justified call, maybe, but not – we know how football works. We're not going back and making calls after the game was over, so there was no point, I thought. Yeah, and it's not like it was some, like – blatant push in the back right this is a new call mm. especially on these returns this tripping call mm. and it it almost looked as if the blocker fell like right. he wasn't even trying to to affect the defender right. he fell down guy falls down on top of him and john perry comes on and says word for word you've got to put an asterisk on it because there's a tripping call that was not made when the reality of the situation was the game was barring a shank by an NFL kicker. The yes. game was over. Yeah, terrible. They, yeah. they were inside the twenty yard line. That penalty would have pushed them back to the thirty. Right. At the at the very least, and they would have had at the very least a forty seven yard field goal to yeah. win the game. And so I really don't think that that terminology of an asterisk is at all representative. I would actually argue that the one that Tarico said was more representative of mm-hmm. an asterisk. But yeah, like you said, Joe Joe Buck, Troy Aikman were were <laughs> raving about the the block. the block, and then John Perry comes on and says, "Yeah, that should have been called." There's an asterisk. Yeah, I didn't like it. No, I didn't enjoy it either. And it's just unfortunate because at the end of the day, these are not. It's not the Jets' fault that that happened. Like right. if anything, it should be condemning the refs. But whether it's that game or the Lions, the players they went out there and played football. Mm-hmm. They didn't worry about any injuries on either end they didn't make any excuses they just wouldn't play the game and if we're really talking about asterisks i mean the jets didn't have their star quarterback that was supposed to be there right it's just so unfortunate that aaron Rodgers potentially his career ends off like that but for the jets to still go and win that game after aaron Rodgers got hurt it was remarkable and i know you you want to mention something real quick so i mean ironically to me that that game with the bills i just thought that that game was more about the Bills blowing that game than it was even the Jets winning that game. I, I, obviously, I want to start by saying you know it's it's unfortunate to see what happened to Aaron Rodgers. You know, even if I'm not the biggest fan, just being a Detroit guy, I nobody and I, I think I speak for all three of us when I say nobody wants to see a guy get it's hurt. Horrible. Very, very not at all. It's horrible, not at all. It's horrible. It was terrible, and he's also on my fantasy team, so we're not gonna go there. But, <laughs> oh come on. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's it's nobody wants to see that happen. But however, I just Zach Wilson, I think that the Jets had to completely reevaluate after what happened for them last year. I mean, he he's a very high stock draft pick that just it seems like he was lost out there and however he didn't seem lo- as lost as last year, it still seems like the Jets have a lot of improvements and that game could have easily got away with them the moment A-Rod checked out of that game. So I just I think that I you know, we talked about this last week not on the pod but like kind of just off air and I and I told you guys, I don't I'm not sure that I can even say the Jets are going to be one of the top Two teams in their division. I think that the Bills and the Dolphins. It's a really have top a, division. I, 
Patriots looked good. The, yeah, even the Patriots. Like, I wanted to say last week that I thought that the, the Jets would for sure be better than the Patriots, and I can't even 100% say that now. So, um, I just I, – I don't know what's in store for the Jets. I don't know – I think Zach Wilson could definitely learn a lot from Aaron Rodgers, but the only problem I see there is that we've seen what happens to A-Rod midseason when he's playing – I have no idea what's in store for him now that he won't be playing for the rest of this year if he's planning on being a big role on the sidelines or what happens. We have no idea currently, but I just, I'm not sure that the Jets have a great chance this year, especially losing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and just the way it played out, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. No. There's so much hype coming into the offseason. It's literally, they're on hard knocks. Yes. Rodgers is, you know, getting all this publicity for being this good guy to his teammates. Super Bowl talk. Yep. And rightfully so, yeah. they and they 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 won without him. They might have the best they, with Rodgers. They might have the best roster in the league yeah. with that defense. And now we we won't get to see at least for this year. I do think he'll be back, but that's a question for a different day. Right. I think it's interesting to see what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I if I'm the Jets front office and coaching staff, I'm not content with Zach Wilson. No, at all. I'm going out. I'm signing a veteran just in case. Okay. And they've come out and said Zach, it's Zach Wilson's team now. I get that. He, he, the idea was not for him to leave New York. The idea was for him to learn under Rodgers because he clearly needed a career sort of restart, reboot. I heard that they reached out to Andrew Luck oh, wow. about potentially coming back. Wow. And that just kind of shows to me, and again, that's I'm not 100% sure of that. Yeah. That was just a report on Twitter. But to me, that shows that they have absolutely zero confidence in Zach Wilson. Yeah. And I'm not sure why they would. Hmm. I don't like 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 I said I, I I don't have a lot of faith in Zach Wilson. I, the only thing that I I worry about as far as like looking to Andrew Luck or another vet because I think it's a great idea. I do. I, I I just I don't think that they should be content with Zach. Unfortunately, this is like another one of those situations that the 49ers are kind of dealing with, with like Trey Lance right now. Right. You made a high pick. It may have been a mistake, and I don't know how long you want to sit on it. But just know that you are a team that's positioned to do some good, and you got to move quick. That's how the NFL works. The only thing I worry about when trying to sign a new quarterback, especially a vet or someone that, how is A-Rod going to feel, though? Like, I mean, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, we've seen his, like, I don't think that it was a disconnect when he signed Jordan Love. I almost think that it kind of motivated him a little bit. But also, I, I, I think that that's kind of where some of the disdain kind of was created for Rodgers. I think that Rodgers is an emotional guy, and I just, I don't want him to see, like, I think he should be able to understand, I'm out for the season, and there's nothing that I can do. But... I just wouldn't want to see anything happen or anything blow up just because they signed some guy and maybe he works out for the Justice here. Who knows what happens? But I, I wonder how that would play out for uh, Rodgers emotionally. Yeah, and it'll just... It's an unfortunate situation because, like Thomas was mentioning, the hype was there. Yes. Like, even I was interested in, like, Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, then they picked up Dalvin Cook and Sauce Gardner, and, like, it was built for, this, for it to be this rejuvenating energy for the New York Jets. And... Unfortunately, they lost kind of the main part of that energy. And I don't know if y'all saw, but he dapped up Jake Paul before the game. And people were saying, like, oh, yep, that's the reason why he it got hurt. Be. Jake Paul. It, it could have been, definitely. <laughs> so now. But just with the way he ran on with the American flag, honoring 9 11, it was one of the most captivating moments, sports moments that I can remember. Yes. I watched it live, and it was like. Holy cow! The Jets might win the Super Bowl this year. It's funny, man. I was doing, um, like I said, I'm, I, you know, I'm in Spartan Sports Report, and we do a Monday night show, so we got the TVs outside playing while we're trying to put everything together. And I look, you know, I see the start of the game, and I seen a ride come out with the flag. I seen it all, and I was like, okay, here we go. You know, I'm ready to see this. I'm not a huge fan of the Buffalo Bills either, so I wasn't like rooting against the Jets this game. And I look up, 
three minutes later. I'm like, is Zach Wilson in the game? What What is going on? So I, yeah, like I just, I, I it's gonna definitely be a ride for them for sure, and I, I, I'm definitely interested, maybe even more than I was before, but it's they, they've got a lot going on. So like I don't know what's up with the city of New York and sports. It's like it's always something that comes <laughs> in just something, gets them from under their feet. But with that being said, you guys mentioned I think it was you, Deshaun, earlier that you have a rod on your fantasy team, unfortunately. And was he a starting quarterback or backup? So um, luckily enough, he um, wasn't in the league that me and Thomas are competing in. I will say that he's in a different one of my leagues that I'm doing. Um, he's he was my super flex. So it wasn't like I was like hugely dependent on him. However, he was the key factor in me losing by less than ten points this past week. Um, you know, I mean, I got legitimately zero point zero 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 points from Aaron Rodgers. So um, you know, obviously no blame to him. It's not his fault or whatever. But it just fantasy week did not go great for me last uh, last week in that league. Luckily, I am one to zero in the league me and Thomas are in. Um, I have not faced off against Thomas yet, but I just I just want to add that in there. Hmm. I opened the year on draft day. I was the projected to win the league. Now I'm sixth <laughs> out of ten. I got my I got my butt kicked in that league <laughs> by Brad, and I don't know what happened because my team was probably the best on paper. We'll bounce back, yeah. but I will say I definitely did not earn any manager of the week awards this week, <laughs> especially for the league my my big league, the one yeah. that I care about the most. I started Travis Kelsey. Oh boy. And I have to take him oh, out. Oh boy. And I have to take out Jerry Judy too. Oh no. And that league <laughs> and that league I put up a whopping 55 points. Yeah. I had, I had T Higgins. Yep. Oh my god, scored, really? Scored 0 points. Yep. I'm with you there. I and have. I I I don't know if I can come back from that. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting crucified in, <laughs> in the in the group chat. I mean, 55 points. That's like a that's like an all-time low. <laughs> Especially with the point system that we're running, like it's not a low scoring yeah. league. I think my my buddy put up one thirty on me. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, no, I'm with you. I think in one of my leagues, my points almost got doubled, and I had Deontay Johnson and Aaron right. on that same yeah. team. So I I, I got um, some low output for some players, and it's unfortunate because obviously it was injuries that like that dealt those to me. But I mean, like it just I I'm with you, and uh, like I said, one of my other leagues that I'm not doing, another one me and you are a part of. But I it, it I, I'm down bad now. I'm only, I'm only two. I, I, I got my points nearly doubled last week, and it's just uh, that I'm doing that with a couple other classmates too. So it hasn't been fun seeing them around campus <laughs> for sure. Oh, on the bright side, it don't seem like y'all could do any worse from that. So it's only up from here. I did win a game out of three teams. I won a game. <laughs> Listen, so it's always a positive light somewhere. And on my end, I did end up winning my matchup, but it was so weird because we use ESPN, and it was a lot of like for majority of the quarterbacks, which is a bad showing. Like Joe yeah. Burrow struggled. Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts only put up twelve points. Josh Allen threw three interceptions, and yeah. like throughout the league, it was like a quarterback struggle. I ended up winning because mainly I had Aaron Jones. He put up almost thirty points for me, and then Dog. Austin Eckler handled business as well. But unfortunately, it's saying he's dealing with an injury now. And yeah, my team came together, and now this week I end up picking up um, Tyler Allinger for the um, Atlanta Falcons, and I want to see... I'm going to try and start him in the slot because he put up, like, 24 points last week, but they're kind of saying, like, him and, uh, I think, B.J. Johnson, how do you say his Bijan. name? Yeah. Bijan. And they saying, like, they're going to try and, like, share carries, but it's going to be weird, so I don't know whether to pick him or David Montgomery because y'all mentioned Gibbs earlier from my... Take uh, Montgomery. Like, you say take Montgomery, really. Mm-hmm. Tyler Algier, it was kind of a fluke week mm-hmm. one. Everyone coming into the year was saying... 
Bajan Robinson is going to get every touch. Bajan Robinson is going to get every touch. Yeah. And that's just not how it works in the NFL. Yeah, I, yep. And we, we've sort of seen that slowly die out over the past few years. Like, there's almost zero feature backs in the league anymore. And that was just kind of a crazy, crazy showing from Tyler Algier. I mean, mm-hmm. give the guy credit, but Montgomery is a much more proven back. He's actually the number one back on his team. Really? Whereas Algier's two. So right. I would definitely go with Montgomery. All right, I'll take your word for that one. And I also realized that I have um, Bills defense, and they're going to be playing um, Devontae Adams this week, who I also have. So I had, to, I had to make a switch. I had to search and scramble for a defense, and I'm going with the Bucks because I didn't have that many options. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. But uh, Yeah, I just uh, something that I wanted to mention since you mentioned like the poor performance of some of the quarterbacks in fans this week. First of all, you had the line or the Cowboys defense – you had a great first week. You just you just you just did. You're right? the yeah. second highest scorer in the league that yeah. I was in. Yeah, I think I think as far as like overall, they were the number one fantasy point grabber last week. I mean, like I, it, it was just ridiculous. I played against someone um, that I, and, oh, that I'm in, in an 0 and one league right now, and he had the Cowboys defense, and it just I mean like the the sheer amount of points that the defense was able to gather was crazy. But I just I, I'm checking it out, and this is you know just only for PPR leagues, but the top five quarterbacks as far as fantasy point performers, I don't I don't think you got. I mean like obviously watching the games you may be able to get some of these but before the week started Tua Mac Jones Jordan Love Anthony Richardson and Deshaun Watson I think that's a crazy stat line right there like I mean like I don't think I would have had any of these guys in my top five maybe besides Tua to get some fantasy points this week and what happened in the Dolphins game was insane Tyreek Hill had a a serious game, guys. That I mean, game like, was great. But I just it's just insane to take a look at. I mean, like Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes doesn't come into seven here. We got Trevor Lawrence at eight, Brock Purdy at ten. There's a lot of different quarterbacks that I would expect to have scored higher. I mean, Jared Goff only got fourteen points, and like so, I just I definitely thought that we would have definitely seen some higher quarterback leaders um, at the beginning of this year. But it, it, it's quite insane. Maybe maybe we're seeing some transitions here. Who knows? That's actually a very encouraging top five. I think. With the exception of Deshaun Watson, I don't yeah. think he's a bit much of a fan favorite. Uh-huh. Tua and Mac Jones, I think if they're going to be like very solid franchise quarterbacks, that's great for the league. Yeah, because the league needs more of these guys. They, do. they need more of not just the Mahomes where they make everything happen, but they need guys who stand in the pocket and deliver a football. Yeah, you know, like every team. Look at Tom Brady, most successful player in history. That's that, that was his job: stand right. in the pocket and deliver the football. And I think. Mac Jones possessed a lot of those qualities, and that's why the Patriots went after him. And I was very excited to see in week one that the game plan and the the play calling was catered to him. Yeah. If you watched any Patriots game from last year, they had Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator. Ridiculous choice by the Patriots. And everything, if they were going to pass the football, it was either a screen, a flat, any type of check down, or like a little curl route. Mm. Like they never threw the ball down the field. And in week one, Pats against Eagles, I thought they did a very nice job of letting him do what he does best, which is, you know, put the ball in windows. He has great touch on passes, 15-plus yards on the field. Mm-hmm. Watched him pretty much every game at Alabama. I am all in on Mac Jones, and, okay. I, and I, I, always, I always have been. Watching the film from week one was very encouraging to see that he finally has a play caller who understands his ability and understands that in order for him to make the biggest impact, he's got to be throwing the ball down the field. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you touched on it. Matt Patricia, I, I, I think that everything that was going on with the Patriots last year was just kind of a joke. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's why, like I, like I was mentioning, you know, I'm not sure that the Jets can – or I, I, I was kind of confident that the Jets could be better than the Patriots. But, 
they've kind of uh, like obviously Patricia's not there. They don't, they don't have a defensive coordinator for an offensive coordinator anymore. That's that's the that's the number one thing Step that we need one. to say. Offensive coordinator, no offensive in the coordinator. Spot. <laughs> so I mean, like I like I like Mac Jones. I think that he had a really good rookie year, um, and I think that obviously it's like you know we all know about the sophomore slump. I think that kind of got to him a little right, bit, right? Right. Um, and obviously, but it's not. I don't. I don't put all the blame on him for that. Obviously, you know the coaching situation we just mentioned. So I, I think Mac. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, I just I worry that the Patriots overall just like still have a lot of like right, inside right. work to figure out before they can become even anything close to what right. they used to be. You know, but I. I also just mentioning, you know, Tua and Mac, that this also backs up what I was saying about I just don't think the Jets may could have been a great team, like even with even with like I you know, Rogers is a fantastic throw of the football, but look at Mac Jones and Tua. Like obviously we did not see what Mac or Aaron was able to put up, you know, to be fair. Right. But I just this is exactly what I was talking about. Like I mean like the the AFC is a tough division and even these quarterbacks that some people may be weary about like I think some people were definitely weary about Tua before the start of this year and some still maybe will obviously his health is the number one concern and Mac Jones as well but to have a pretty good week one performance that just shows this division is no joke um and I and I think the Jets are definitely gonna have to try and figure that out just going back to that point yeah and during your um, analysis of this portion of the podcast you mentioned Tyreek Hill's game and just man that's phenomenal they were saying on, I think it was the broadcast, like his his goal for this year is 2,000 receiving yards, like mm-hmm. to have that type of record. And they said no receiver has ever done that. If he keep putting up 200 yards catches, then, I mean, just I mean, statistically it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, all he needs is do that 10 games in a row or just 10 games in total. So it's just, I know the consensus number, all, uh, number one overall fantasy pick was Justin Jefferson, but Tyreek Hill is making a good case for best receiver in the league right now. Tyreek Hill is a really funny player to me because <laughs> – Obviously, he gives his all to the game. It doesn't seem like he's too invested in the outcome of, of his team. Yeah. He acknowledged the fact that when he left Kansas City that it wasn't about winning. It was about the location. Yeah. And he wanted to be in Miami. Right. Obviously, money played a part in that. But he wanted to be new, new location, you know, nice, new, bright, new, shiny things. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the kind of guy he is. And then he'll go home after... A two hundred and twenty yard, two touchdown game and yeah. stream Fortnite <laughs> to his viewers, and that's what I, that's kind of, that kind of just plays into my point. I think he's a really really funny, hard to pick up athlete in the yeah. sense that he's very very easygoing and mm-hmm. he likes to make playful comments all the time, yep. and I really like that. He never takes himself too seriously. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that some of the comments he's even made, you know, I was like, like just like little, little small things back yeah. towards the chief. I thought they were hilarious. I know some people kind of thought that he was taking shots, stuff like that. It's, to him, it's not that deep. It's not. It's not. Tyreek, I mean, like, he, like everybody was giving him a lot of stuff when he left the Chiefs, and I understand the idea of being a team and everything, but when you are easily, like, justifiably one of the top two, three receivers in the league, you deserve to go and get your money, you know? Like, so I I have nothing wrong with what going to Miami and everything, and, and Everybody was doubting what he was going to be able to do there with Tua, and they've only just shown that they are right. able to put something exactly, together there. Yeah. So, and looking at Tyreek's numbers, dude, I mean, like, I, I totally think that Tyreek is easily capable of getting a two thousand yard season. Like, I mean, like, even with Tua, I know some people were saying that like it wouldn't be as um, like a much of an ideal situation moving teams and everything. But like Tua, or, I mean, Tyreek has consistently every year been gaining more and more yardage and I think that it's not just Tyreek it's it's receivers in general as we continue to move on um into the future of receivers the the records that were once and this goes for all sports but the records that were once untouchable are going to be 
easily seen in the near future before we know it. I mean, like Tyreek, he's already had 1.7k, and and and, and I, that was last year, and, and and that was with Tua. So you know, I there's and no tread Teddy Bridgewater and yeah, Skylar yeah, Thompson. Yeah, you know, with multiple different quarterbacks for a year, so that's like if Tua is able to stay healthy and he's able to do and just anywhere near replicate what he did in week one, him and Tyreek are going to have a season, and Tyreek could easily get 2,000 yards. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see if it's going to happen because, like you mentioned, it's very possible. And especially if Tua can be healthy majority of the season, the Dolphins are going to be something special. Yeah. And with that being said, I know we we could easily hit an hour. And at some point, I'm going to just let us hit the hour that we <laughs> be approaching. But Today's not that day. I want to try and end it off with just one more thing that could potentially get us to that hour mark. Team USA, USA basketball. Unfortunately, um, I heard they didn't even get the bronze medal. Like they lost to Canada, if I'm we, not mistaken. Correct. We were and, eliminated. Yes. Yes, and it's just we struggling. I know. I think the guy's name is Noah Lyles, who made the comment on like they're not the NBA champions aren't the world champions, yep. and that sparked the whole debate. Mm-hmm. But just in general, I mean, apparently 2024, LeBron James is assembling the Avengers <laughs> that I've heard. So, do you think we should, as a USA, as a country? get all the best players regardless of age and go for the gold next year or just should we stick with the idea of having more young guys trying to take absolutely i think that's the entire point of it yeah i mean it's no secret we we've lost we haven't won as nearly as much as we should Mm -hmm. in the past 20 years because we're not sending our best players overseas to play in these in these events lebron is a different story because he's so old i Mm -hmm. don't know if he's actually going to (laughs) i think i think we'll have that's more of a uh, a question as we approach that date, the 2024 Olympics. Mm-hmm. But just overall, I don't think Noah Lyles was wrong at all. But I also thought that part of what he said was flawed because if the U.S. if the U.S. rolled out their best possible team, <laughs> they would squash every other country, yes. and it wouldn't even be particularly close. That being said, NBA champions are not world champions. It's an, it's American League. Yeah, and so I don't. Th- I think he was right and wrong, and I, my t- my biggest takeaway from that whole thing was how sensitive NBA players are. Wow. Yeah, they that they jumped strike. they jumped all over that guy for just speaking his mind, and he's yeah. like he's a fellow American. Yep, and so I just was appalled, although I already kind of knew how sensitive NBA players are. The only pushback I would like to give as far as the take he had about world champions is people from around the world, the best players from around the world are in the NBA. Like, For the sure. best players in the NBA aren't American. Like, you say Giannis, Jokic, and I'm a big Luka Dodgers fan. It's just, not, it's just not an international league in the sense that it's it spans across. Like, there's no, there's no teams in other countries. That's understandable. With the exception of Canada. <laughs> yeah, and you were about to mention something as well, Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you, Thomas, as far as, like, what everything that Lyle said. I, I, I agree in the sense that if we put out a starting lineup, like I'm just like just trying, I'm just sitting here trying to think about what our starting lineup would be right now. Obviously, you got Steph Curry at the one, maybe someone like Devin Booker at the two. LeBron, you got LeBron, Kevin James, Durant, Kevin, Dur- Joel Embiid, and then we get Joel. I was hoping you mentioned we get Joel. Yeah, like that's yep. Come on, that's he, a he, that's he, a big he, development. He, you know, he's officially got his citizenship, so like that he could he could definitely play for Team USA if he wanted to. If Team USA was able to roll out. Our best squads, it wouldn't even be close. It like it, like it would not be close. But I also agree in the sense that NBA champions aren't world champions. They're not. I mean, they like this is some of the best talent in the world. I would agree, but it is not 
faced off against other like you can't really you can't go with the world champions look when you're not facing off against like just straight other leagues. You're just you know you're playing right. against other people that are are that are within your realm, your league. It's not world champions. But I also think that like I thought that the Lyle's comment was funny because I seen the reaction of all the NBA players and I thought they definitely did jump on him a little bit, but. I, I guess I tried to. I was trying to understand how they felt too, though, because it almost like, although he wasn't calling the world champions, it was also like he was trying to like justify or like maybe like invalidate the championship that NBA players do win, and that's it's still a lot of work, you know. It's definitely a grind, and I know that basketball is kind of taking a hit. Over, the professional basketball is kind of taking a hit over these past couple of years, but either way, it's still winning a championship in any sport is is a lot of work and it's a lot of grind. So I just. I definitely think you know they, they earn the the flowers that they get, but they are not world sure. champions. That that For is sure. that is definitely true. And it you all the different leagues, all the different all these different countries have caught up in basketball for sure. Like I'm like you know like it, like they've definitely caught up. It's no longer just like a, a, a huge difference as far as what we all have to offer versus what these other countries have to offer. I think there's even some other countries out there. Like that are taking basketball as serious and as much of like an iconic sport for them, maybe than America is. Like I think that right. honestly, our number one sport is still football. It, it, it's it's been going like, down in America. Yeah. And it's going up everywhere. And else. all these other foreign countries. I mean, like basketball is like everything they got there. Like right. I mean, like and so it's just we can't expect to continue to dominate these leagues just by being the same we are. We're gonna have to make new game plans. Like I mean, like. As, as Team USA, you know, we we were only doing, like, we were taking mid-rangers and playing the paint. We seen these European guys start shooting threes. Then we just shoot threes. Like, we have to find a balance, you know, and and the way these guys do. So I, we we have to figure it out for sure. And it, it's a shame to see, not even see USA be able to make the final stages of this tournament. And uh, we, we qualify for uh, the, the next Olympics, which is cool, and hopefully we can have, like, a little bit of bounce back there. But as far as the FIBA tournament, it was kind of disappointing to watch. Yeah, and it was shocking as well to see just how – serious the NBA community took Noah Lyle's comments because I didn't even know the only reason I knew about it is from NBA players like I didn't know right. who Noah Lyle, Lyle's was and then I didn't even see it until I saw like NBA players getting upset about it and whether they world champions or not in the day according to Noah Lyle's logic technically Dennis Schroeder is the best player in the world he's <laughs> a world champion now and just his story from not even I think I saw somewhere where like he didn't even have an NBA contract a couple years ago and now he's world champion so that was on his own doing let me just add yeah he there. fumbled the bag shout out flight reacts of dennis fumbled the bag shooter but you know <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes and with that being said we covered a lot here today's episode obviously we started off with the unfortunate news and we tried to make our way to more lighthearted news and just with whatever happens in this community i appreciate the, the thought that we can always find a positive and we can always try and move forward and then even with us at sports roundtable we're gonna try and talk about things how we know how going to keep it sports we're going to keep it lighthearted, but we can tackle those situations with as much sensitivity as needed and with that being said as always i appreciate y'all deshaun and thomas and i hope you anthony no problem at all and i hope y'all continue tuning in us i'm anthony brinson i'm deshaun johnson thomas cobb and that was the sports roundtable thank you guys